Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. Yes, it was the start of the NHL season. Good to see the Flames playing hot last night. And actually, they're playing the replay right now. So I was on a plane last night on my way back from Chicago. I was down at a at a show for a buying show for this coming season. So, but I must say, man, oh man, what a gorgeous city, Chicago. The amount of money that they put into plants and the effort, it is so gorgeous. If you are a gardening person or enjoy that kind of thing, um, take some time, go to Chicago. It's a short three-hour flight, and uh, it's it's well worth it. Great food, great scenery, just nice weather, so... Just don't go in January. I've been down there in January and November. It's it can be pretty cold if you haven't hit those uh, the winter days. <laughs> so, anyways, but uh, I was very fortunate. Uh, spent a couple of days in Chicago and uh, and uh, did some buying for this upcoming season. So, uh, looking forward to to that. That's our time of year right now. Is that we're going around searching and trying to get all our products in line so we can have everything lined up for next spring as. Uh, it goes so quick, and before you know it, um, it will be here. And uh, But we're going to enjoy this week. We look like we're going to have a decent week, except for Tuesday. Let's just hopefully fast forward through Tuesday, and we don't uh, get any of that nasty stuff that they're, uh, they're calling for. If you'd like, phone lines are wide open. There's a couple callers on, but there's some spots open. You can call me at 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And those are also the talk and text line. So you, if you need to send in some pictures, if you have a picture of your tree or plant or some other issues that you have, um, just forward me a picture. It makes it a little bit easier. I can uh, have a look at that and uh, and hopefully be able to answer your questions. And I got lots of calls on there already. I'm going to go to Diane, and we're going to chat about pruning our apple tree. Good morning, Diane. Yes, good morning. I'm just wondering when the best time is to prune a mature apple tree. Do you do it in the fall or the spring? Um, you can do it sort of through fall, winter, and early spring. You just don't want to wait too long before it starts sprouting. Like just that's sort of the latest you really want to do it. Cause, okay. Cause so. you, you want to, you want to save its energy. Any of those branches you want to, you want to remove before it starts pushing its energy into those extra branches. Okay, so you want to do it in like yeah, March, even, April time. Yeah, or even like early, like fall right now is a good time because it can still have time to heal and uh, and there's no funguses floating around and stuff like that as much. So, yeah. Yeah, no, okay. it, it's almost like with apples for the most part, if you're doing proper pruning um, for the most part, you're, you're good. Is this something you're doing yourself or are you going to have a guys come in and have a look at it for you? Um, we're not sure yet. <laughs> okay. Just if you do start cutting your apple trees, they tear very easy because it's a really heavy wood. So I'm just going to yeah. give you a couple pointers. If you're taking off some bigger limbs, take it off in three or four segments, like okay. cut the first foot and then work your way down. Don't try and take the whole branch at one time because okay. what will happen, you'll get a big tear at the end. I've just seen it so many times where it just, and all of a sudden you'll get, if you try and take it all, it'll just tear down the main trunk or wherever you're cutting it off of. Um, but if you, like you said, most arborists give a free quote. So like, I know our guys, Mark will come out and have a look for you and give you a free quote. If if you do want some advice on that, but just just, because it's important, especially with apple trees, like proper pruning, you just don't want to, and don't leave stubs, things like that. So just, it's really important. You can't glue them back on. So (laughs) (laughs) 
and and sometimes people when they get pruning like a really good pruning job um a lot of times you shouldn't even be really be able to tell it's been pruned because it just it should look like a nice healthy tree when they're done okay. if if you have somebody who comes in wants to just top and hack it um just cuz you think oh I want to get my money's worth I'd probably call somebody call somebody else that uh, you don't okay. want that so just some advice it ends up causing all kinds of spider growth and this like mast if you cut something back like that so just be, okay, if you have a nice healthy tree it sounds like you do so just just be uh, choosy on before you cut that's all okay well thanks for the advice you're very welcome thanks Dan. thank you bye and just say that with anything it's uh it's yeah with the trees and shrubs here in calgary you, you just uh Sort of look at it two or three times before you get in there and cut. And if you are doing some of the pruning yourself, just find, um, I know our previous host had mentioned even putting flagging tape on some of the branches you want to remove. I think that's a good idea. And just take your time because you can get lost. If all of a sudden you're up inside the tree, you're kind of looking up, and all of a sudden you think, oh, that one needs to come off, that one needs to come off. And before you know it, you're taking a little bit too much off. So anyways, just my thoughts and some advice and hopefully... Uh, we can end up, but there's a lot of trees that do need a lot of pruning right now. And you know, lots of desiccated shrubs. A lot of those, if you have some really dried up looking shrubs, a lot of those can just go right down to the ground. And right now is a great time to do that. Just, just cut them right off and they'll come right back up from the bottom next spring. And I'm going to go to Kathy. Hi, Kathy. Hi. Um, I'm just getting out to clean up my yard and I'm just wondering about my rose bush. Okay. Should I cover it? Should I cut it down? What kind of rose is it? It's a Morden Sunrise Rose. No, I would leave it. Basically, you can take off the rose hips and stuff like that. But for mm -hmm. the most part, you just want to leave it. You can you can mulch it over a bit if you want. Okay. Um, put pile leaves around it for protection. Okay. But for the most part, they're pretty hardy. Um, and then you just want to do your pruning on those early spring. Mm -hmm. You'll start to see where the new growth comes. Mm -hmm. And you might see some winter kill on it. Right. Just even it up in the spring. Oh, okay. Yeah, so because uh, if you cut it back now, then if it dies back again, you're, you're going to end up going further down, so it's better to leave it and then okay. next spring. And just make sure you water it in good here. October looks fairly good. We have a little bit of moisture coming on Tuesday, it looks like, but for the most part, it looks like it's going to be a pretty decent October. Just ensure you water in your flowers. It's a good time to amend your beds around your roses, too. Mm -hmm. If you want to add in some sea soil or the hemp scents, things like that, mix it into your soil at this time of year. It's great for it. So how often should I water it? Um, I would give it once a week at least, sort oh, of give it okay. a good soaking in. Mm -hmm. And just that slow, deep watering, put a soaker hose in, in around your trees and shrubs and just give it a good soaking, and you're good to go. Oh, okay. Thanks very much. You're welcome. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, and this works out perfect. We go to Justin. Good morning, Justin. Good morning. How can I help you? Well, you answered most of my questions, but yeah, I, I see had you question. had water watering issues. So yeah, well, I was just curious like, for barberry. Like, how much watering should I be giving it for fall? Um, same thing. Sort of just mentioned to the previous caller is sort of that once a week, a good slow deep watering. It's a great time again to amend your soil, add some um, sea soil or bark mulch or something over top of your soil. It really helps hold the moisture in over these our winters, which tend to be a little bit dry. Um, so um, from October to December, we tends to be our dry period for some reason, and, but that's when the ground is freezing, and if the and if it freezes. And then we get our moisture in January, February, with which we have been. The moisture can't get through the ice. Yeah, we're just too late. Yeah. Okay. So, then, is there any 
I guess, do you have any idea how much water? Because I've been doing it off of what I've been collecting as rainwater. Okay, that's right? good. As long as you quite just... Quite a bit of barrels. Yeah, so if you just do it a slow... Like, if you just... Um, sometimes if you, even if you get a five gallon pail and just poke a whole bunch of little, like just get a really small drill bit and drill a whole bunch of little holes in the bottom of that. Um, so it can seep in nice and slow. That's the biggest thing. If you're just watering on top and it, half it runs away, yeah, that's, um, more of an issue. But if you, if you can do designated watering, like for your trees, those water tree bags work really good. I really like the soaker hoses, like the ones that just sort of leak out. Yeah. Um, they look like a sweating hose, and you put it on there yeah. for three or four hours once a week because you're not using lots of water. It's going in where you need it. Um, that would be great. Okay. Cause, yeah, I did a calculation, and I was trying to do about uh, 20 gallons per hour. Yeah. For, yeah, and I was doing that a couple times a week. Yeah, and it well, really depends on how, how how much of an area. So, yeah. like I said, when those soak roses, I just know it's like three, four hours, um, you get a really good soaking in. It's able to get in sort of that six, eight inches, um, get it down a little bit deeper, which is, it's it just, the more you can get in a little bit deeper off the surface, it okay. just enables it. And then that way the moisture's in there for next spring. And then it, it can, it's able to fill. That's the fall and winter sometimes are more important because it's, it's when it needs it to fulfill all the new foliage and it makes yeah, all the difference. After, especially after last year's. Absolutely. Winter, right? Like trying to, so we, in case we have the same kind of winter, make sure you don't have that problem the second time around. Absolutely, yeah. And, it, and a lot of times desiccation, you see the damage sort of six months later, like especially on your evergreens and things like that. It takes a little bit while and it slowly dries out. So sometimes, I know we had a wetter summer, but we still seen a lot of desiccation on our evergreens because a lot of the damage you see is from six months previous. So Yeah. So can you overwater in the fall then? Um, it, well, yeah. If you're you, doing low and... Yeah, you don't want to create cool. big icebergs, right? Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, you can. So I just, the slow, deep watering is typically fine. Like, if you're not, as long as you're not just pouring it on, it's running all over the place. Just that slow, deep watering, get into the ground um, three or four hours in each spot um, a week is, is, is great, especially for October. Most time in November, it's frozen enough where we don't need to do anything after that point. But if we do get those warm days, if you have any evergreens, it's great to get a uni nozzle, go out there and just spray off the dust, just spray it down a little bit, then the water goes back in on top and, and helps freeze it in a little bit more on top. Okay, perfect. All right, thanks, Justin. Great, thanks. Bye-bye. All right, again, if you'd like to join me, you've got a couple spots open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And those are the talk and text line. And I got a couple texts here. Let's see what we got going here. One says, hi, Merle. I have a, three enormous spruce trees that, I have, that I'm having removed, including the stump ground. I would like to replace them with trees that won't be huge. I have a decent older neighborhood backyard. I was thinking of three columnar aspens, columnar blue spruce, a mountain pine, an Olympic, in an Olympic, oh, nice, an Olympic ring formation. Yep, that, that looks good. Um, the aspens are great. I would also maybe look at doing gladiator crabs. Um, they give you a little bit. They still give you that columnar look, um, but a little bit different. You get some pink flowers. You get some um, purple foliage, which is kind of nice. And in between them, like, depends on the aspens or or the gladiators. I sort of go 10, 15 feet apart, but it depends if you're trying to create um, privacy, and uh, that makes all the difference. 
And Antonio, if you are in Calgary, if you want to just, uh, if you head down to the tree lot, um, I know Chris is down there and, and uh, Valerie and, and just a couple other people are working in the tree lot today. Um, more than happy to help you. And because uh, it's not like you had a fairly big project, so you'd like to uh, to get that. But you have a good choice. The columnar spruce are great. And what variety of columnar aspens? Just make sure you don't get the columnar. Um, you just don't want to do the tower poplars. Um, we do sell the columnar aspens, which are great. And uh, and it says too many trees. I don't think so. It depends on the space too, right? If you're trying to fit this into a 5 by 10 um, that's the nice thing. If you go down to the tree lot, they can l- lay them out for you a bit and, and uh, help you with some of the spacing and stuff like that. So hopefully that helps, Antonio. But right now i got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. back to Let's Talk Gardening and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's trusted garden center inside and out. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. Just want to mention right now, if you're looking to do some stuff in your garden, um, it's time to do a little bit of bulb planting is right now. If you have some empty spots that you want to see some spring color, it's a perfect time to get out there and, uh, and do any bulb planting you want to do. Do them in clusters, like sort of five, sevens, fifteens, a little too larger, but pick those sunny spots in your yard, um, sort of wherever the snow melted the fastest last week. Those are perfect spots to put your bulbs. If you're looking to add some spots, if you have trees and shrubs that you have some open areas, uh, right now most of the garden centers have really good sales on right now. So I know a lot of ours are all on, or actually everything's on sale right now on the trees and shrubs up to 50% off. So it's uh, it's a good time to get out there and... Uh, and have a look. When is the best time to prune a Manitoba maple? Um, the Manitoba maple is more of an elder. It's not really a true maple. So you can prune that throughout the winter. It won't do the leaking like the true maples, like the any of the maples or the birch. You only prune them typically when they're leafed out in the summertime because they will they will bleed a little bit on you. Unless you have some dead damage or disease branching, right now is a great time. So you can do your Manitoba maple right now. Um, so it's a great time to give it a little pruning. Thin it out. Just watch again. Don't do any really topping on your Manitoba maple. Um, they will get, uh, you'll get this massive growth on those areas. So just remove dead damage, disease, shaping a little bit is fine. And you should be good to go. And I got another text here. Morning, Merle. Wondering if the needles are a concern on mine. Uh, Mel, actually, that looks fine. Those are all this inside, um, so you're 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 good. What I would really do on those big spruce is get the soaker hose, lay them around the drip line, and let it go for sort of a full day once a week, if you could. Um, just go give those a good watering. It's a little bit excessive needle in the middle, but that's typically what they do. They go through the needle drop at this time of year, but there looks like it's been a little bit of desiccation on that spruce just because um, it it just looks a little bit on the drier side. So I would just, uh, like I said, give it a good shot of water and you should be good to go And uh, for next spring and also feed it with 30-10-10 um, or also our printed up guys are doing the deep um, fertilizer injections at this time of year, so you can still get that done and uh, get it ready for next spring. 
But the main thing with those spruce, and if you're able to get up on a ladder, give it a good hosing down, is is good to remove all the dust and bugs and whatever's in there, and you should be good. Here, I got another one. My zucchini plant produced many zucchinis this year, but most of them rotted at the blossom end rut. What did I do wrong? And what can I change for next year? Carol. Um, a lot of it, Carol, is inconsistent watering when you get a lot of end rot, um, but also proper fertilizing, good even fertilizer. Um, I would even just use the tomato fertilizer with the calcium supplement in it. Um, that will help with that for sure. But just put them in a bigger pot. They're fairly heavy growers and they're heavy feeders. <clears throat> so the, if you have them in a larger pot, you can water more consistent. Um, sometimes if the pot's too small, they dry out lots, and then we got to water them, dry out, water, water. Uh, <clears throat> so with those, get a larger pot. Consistent watering makes all the difference, and hopefully that helps with uh, with your blossom end rot because it's just it is it's 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 heartbreaking. You go through all that work, you get these gorgeous zucchinis or tomatoes or any of the those type of of fruit and plants in your garden and then you end up with that uh, the rot on the end which is which is never good. Uh right now I'm going to go to we're going to go to John. Good morning, John. Well, it's a good morning, isn't it? It's Lovely. gorgeous. Gorgeous morning. A little crispy, a little little cool, but uh Gorgeous, gorgeous morning out. The sun is shining. So, yeah. The sky ain't, or, oh, no, the sky is blue, isn't it? Yeah. No, no today's sky is blue. <laughs> We're lucky. Oh, What's getting up? ready for uh, my potato <coughs> patch next spring. Okay. Should I shovel or dig that with a shovel? Um, absolutely. If you if you like, I like to leave it lumpy over the summer to over the winter time. I mean, yeah. <clears> so right. just break it up, like do nice big clumps. And leave it lumpy. That way the cold can get down there and kill off any of the bad stuff, freeze it, and uh, it does make a big difference. And uh, so just, just get lumpy and then add your, uh, then add your uh, compost or whatever you want to add next spring and you're good. Oh. I shouldn't do it now then. Well, if you want to add in before you before you lump it up, it's fine. Like put three or four inches on top and then turn it over and leave it lumpy so it's in there. That doesn't hurt. But basically, if you just uh, do it okay. next spring, if it, if it's for the garden, most of it's on top anyways, so you, you just want that new stuff right on top. So Oh, I have a, a ton of uh, shredded uh, <laughs> dry leaves. Yeah, no, you can mix that in, but you you do a composter, don't you, John? I do a little bit now, not yeah. too much. Yeah, I so sometimes those are better in the composter. Just spread those in your perennial beds over the winter. Okay. Just to help um, winterize them. All right. I have uh, mulch on that, though. That's the only problem. Yeah, but if it goes right on top, and usually in the spring, you can just blow it off, and they're nice and dry, and it'll come off fairly easy. So. Oh, will do. All right. Thanks, John. That's a great one. Thank you. Have a great week. You too. Thank you, sir. Bye. Bye-bye. And you take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and uh, we're heading into the the longer off season of of gardening and uh, the on season for hockey, and uh, that is the theme of the music today. If you're if you can figure that out, if you if you like some good hockey tunes, Brian's got those set up for us for the next uh, hour and a half. So listen in on that, 
And here I got another text I'm going to, to read. Good morning, Merle. The shrubs and trees are fighting for space. Too much crowding. Um, where did it go? And what would you suggest I do? Thank you. Enjoy your program. Yeah, that that is a little bit tight. Um, yeah, the nine barks and it looks like lilacs are planted a little bit. Um, lilacs are the, probably the easiest to move out of those because they have fairly shallow roots. So I would just, the one lilac that you have in the middle, you maybe want to just pull that forward and sort of create a triangle the opposite way it is there now, like pull it towards about four or five feet in between the nine bark and the other lilac and uh, and see how that goes. That'll give it a little bit more room. And your other lilac is right underneath that, uh, and I can't totally tell what kind of tree it is, but um, it's it, those are the easiest to move, like I said, because they have the shallower root systems. So just wait till all the leaves are early, early next spring. You can just dig those up really quite easily because the roots are really fibrous. You don't have big, big roots on them. And they'll move really quite easy for you. Do it early, early spring. As soon as you can move the ground, get as big a clump as you can and pre-dig your hole, move them into the next hole. Um, use 10-52-10 at that time when you transplant and you should be good to go. Um, this space them out a bit more. Sort of on those lilacs, you want to go um, four good strides apart and then that'll give them enough room to, to be able to uh, do that for you. Let's go to Robert on the phone line. Good morning, Robert. Good morning, Merle. How can I help you? Uh, I have a blue spruce okay. uh, on the front of my house, on the north side of the house. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's about 35 years old. And I did some uh, deep water fertilizing there at the end of July. Yep. It's doing well on the west side of the tree, but on the east side, it's from about halfway of the, of the tree, it seems to be suffering, losing leaves and turning red, or needles and turning red. Is it on the inside or the outside of the branches? Well, most of it is on the inside, which I realize is natural. Yeah. But it's uh, it just seems to be uh, it's turning quite unsightly. Yeah, and they go through a, a period, and it, it, I, I get a lot of phone calls. Then the pines show it worse, but this year with the amount of dryness we've had the last couple of years, some of the bigger spruce are really showing that desiccation and losing a little excess of needles. So if it's mainly on the inside, Brian, I really wouldn't, I mean, sorry, Robert, I wouldn't worry too much. Um, you're, you'll, it, it's Just keep doing what you're doing. Keep giving it some slow, deep watering this fall. Um, sort of once a week, put the soaker hose on it for three or four hours okay. around those. Just get some good moisture down into the ground so that way next spring and then give it another fertilizer first thing in the spring, um, like a 30-10-10 or, or if you don't want to do it yourself, like I said, guys like our pruned up guys can come out and do a spring fertilizer injection and uh, and you'll be good. It, it, but the main thing is getting water into them, just okay. getting some moisture into the ground for those. And then underneath them, like where the tree, like the drip line is, is what do you have underneath there? Like underneath, the, do you just well, leave it natural or? Actually, there's a walkway that's under part of it, Yeah, the, the drip line. And uh, but on the, but on the west side, this is probably probably the answer is yep. because I just have the lawn there, so it's, so it's getting lots of water there. Yeah, no, and that sort of is exactly what's going on. So even on that, sometimes I like to cut out 
around the drip line, go one or two feet out past the drip line of the branch, and just cut a nice bed in it, and let it just go natural, and then put bark mulch underneath there, and then that way you sort of recreate the forest floor, and then when it drops its needles and it holds the moisture in a little bit better for it, it just it's it's much better for the bigger spruce when they get that big because it's so hard to try and grow grass or try and do anything else underneath it. You're right. So sometimes I like just let let Mother Nature do its thing and uh, and help protect the big trees. Okay, Merle. All righty. I appreciate that. Anytime. Thank you. Now. Thanks for calling. Appreciate bye. it. Cheerio. Bye. Bye bye. Yeah, it's always good. I, I appreciate the phone calls as well. It's uh, without it, um, you just have to hear me babble on for for two hours, which is. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I guess you get that anyways. Here we go. We got a text here. Um, Attach our pictures of my emerald spire crabs. For the last two seasons, the one on the right has a few branches with discolored leaves. The two trees are the same so crows. Gave it rage plus in the spring than 2020. Any thoughts on white, what might be happening? I'm just trying to open it up. Yeah, I would look at... Huh. Yeah, it looks like one... Is this suffering? It looks a little more, more chlorotic, chlorotic. You might want to add some. Uh, um, I would give it just that one a little bit more of the horticultural lime. That might help as well. And uh, I'm just trying to remember what the other product is. Again, you could use a 301010 on that right now. Just give it a little bit extra. Um, on those branches, just look down too if it's tight or if there's any damage on the lower bit because um, sometimes those look like they might be sucker branches coming up from the bottom. And if they are, I would just remove some of those because they look like they're coming right from the bottom. And so those ones might be able to just be removed because it's from, I believe those might even be grafted on and they can be removed, and it's a different type on there. So just take a little closer look on that one, and uh, and have a and see what you can think or what you see when you get down there a little bit deeper. Let's look at the other picture. Yeah, I see. You see what's going on. That's kind of what I'm thinking without seeing right down below. So give that a try, and uh, and let me know how that goes, and we'll go from there. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open: four zero three nine seven four eight two five five or one eight hundred five six three seven 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 zero. When I get back, I'll chat with Brian. And those are the talk and text line right now. I got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. Back to Let's Talk Gardening and uh, just chatting about that uh, chlorotic on your on your on your purple spire. Again, I would, again, concentrate on the Rage Plus. Also, iron chelates. So it just looks like it's just suffering from chlorosis, which is lack of iron. Could be a little bit of root damage up close to the house when you got your trees like that. So you really want to concentrate on root growth and getting them healthy again. So either the Rage Plus. Um, the 153015, I know I mentioned 301010, 10, but after looking at it a little bit closer, I'd probably do the 153015, 15, concentrate on the roots, getting them nice and healthy, and 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 then applying the iron chelates. Um, so first thing, even right now, you could add the 153015 15 to it, and then early in the spring, add some iron chelates in there um, when the new growth comes up and ensure, because that's the part that uh, enables the leaf to uh, create more chlorophyll and uh, and create nice, beautiful leaves for you. So there you go. 
I'm going to go to Brian. Good morning, Brian. How you doing, Merle? Good, good. What's happening out there today? Well, you know, tell Brian that it's an awesome team today, but the uh, beer to sport ratio because of the playoffs and the triple header in CFL and NHL, I'm a little foggy today. <laughs> I should know the answer to the question I'm going to ask you, but uh, so I have nine trees left over from when we uh, took advantage of your tree yeah, sale. Yeah. Can I put them all on the ground? together and then move them in the spring because i still have to drop a couple of trees yes absolutely for my placement so so what you need to do there brian is just drill some holes leave yeah, them in the pots yeah just put them in there nice and tight together pile a whole bunch of leaves around them water them in really good and good. uh and you'll be good to go just leave them there for the winter put them in the shadier spot like don't leave them wide out in the open or anything like that um, if you if you have a spot a little closer to the shop or somewhere where you can just put them for winter and then even just pile up some snow around them um, throughout the winter um, definitely helps just keep them frozen and especially being in a pot like that. No, you bet. So I just take them out of the pot though. I don't know. No, leave them in the pot. Put the pot right in the ground. That way okay. you're not disturbing the roots or anything. And uh, that way next spring it makes it nice and easy. You can just pull it right out of the ground and then put them in where you need them. Awesome. Lifesaver, my friend. All right. Thanks, Brian. Enjoy. You bet. All right. <laughs> and I was going to say, I don't know what's, what's good for a hangover cure besides a, maybe a Dairy Queen burger or something like that. Those are always good if you're after too many beers. And uh, where are we at for time? 945. Let's go to Bill. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. Yes, I've got a question about the sour cherry trees. Okay. We've uh, replaced a bunch of our trees in the condo development with about a dozen of these beautiful sour cherry trees, but I'm not sure what to do with them this fall. Um, the main thing What's is... The best treatment? Um, the, and what, what part of town are you in? Uh, in the southwest. Yeah. So just one thing, the deer, if you have deer or rabbits, things like that, if it's an older well, complex... You have deer and rabbits, yes, a lot of them. They love the cherry trees and that throughout the winter and, your, and the crabs and things like that. So I would really look at putting either stucco wire, like pound three stakes around each of them, like mm-hmm. sort of six, seven feet out, and uh, put stucco wire or something around them, or a product called Bobex. Um, wow. Spray them, spray them with Bobex sort of once a month throughout the winter on a warmer day when it's above plus five. Yeah, and and do that because um, you will get um, damage on them, like the the rabbits and the deer do love them and the mice. Um, so just and uh, so that would be my one thing to protect them is is ensuring that you you use that and make sure you water them in really good if they just got planted this year. Make sure you're giving them at least a one good watering at least once a week, right up until freeze up, and okay. uh, and then next spring, um, I'd water them with fifteen thirty fifteen first thing in the spring. Water them good first, and then give them a shot of fifteen thirty fifteen two or three times, or sort of once a week throughout the spring to get that phosphorus in there. Blue, it'll create some nice blooms, and you guys should get some fruit next year, and you're good to go. Super. Okay, yeah, just really so watch the bobex because especially in those older neighborhoods. Um, where the deer and the rabbits are coming in, they love the fruit trees. So, and uh, it's good that we bring them in to those areas. But you just have to make sure you do the precaution, um, so that we don't. You're not trying to fight the damage later on. Great. Alrighty. Okay. Thank, Thank you so much. Thanks, Bill. Bye bye. Yeah, that's always important on those. You want to do it before the damage happens. If you know you have rabbits and you know you have deer 
and you want to put some of these shrubs in there, especially over the winter time. Um, you just want to ensure that you you do the proper things to, and it'll, it'll just deter them once they if the bobex is on there for the first couple of years. Like you don't have to probably continue all the time, but they tend to know that hey, that one just tastes like. Ugh. And I'm not going to go back in there. They're going to go to the to the neighbors or somebody else's place that uh, that doesn't have it on there. So let's see what else I got. I got a few texts here. Good morning. Let's talk gardening radio show. My name is Daniel. I live in Carbon, Alberta. I'm proud. I'm proud to have taken this Canadian opportunity to grow my four marijuana plants. It has been challenging. I started by seed, and then moved to growth by trying to figure out male female. Then in the best blooming process it is the then in the blooming process is at its best i was able to produce in carbon a good clean outdoor bud harvest on monday celebrate well deserved oktoberfest holy moly yeah you did very well my friend looks looks very nice if uh and he's wondering he has some beautiful outdoor cannabis trees going and uh, it is all totally legal now so they're part of our gardening community that they don't have to Hide in the background anymore. You're allowed to grow four plants and uh, and utilize them for yourself. It's just like growing beer or brewing beer in your back in your garage. So um, these guys are enjoying what they like to do, and it's, uh, it's good seeing. It's a great little hobby. Um, uh, you, it looks like you did phenomenal. So nice work, nice work. And they're not, they are not the easiest um, plant to grow. So, anyways. Um, Let's see. Good morning, Merle. What is the name of the seed company that you use? I think it's called Rose. Yeah, we we do carry the Wild Rose Heritage Seeds um, in our store. They are a great um, local uh, out of Medicine Hat seed company, so we we do try to utilize them as much as possible. We are searching out a couple new ones that uh, we found one of the Okanagan um, that we're looking at bringing in to, uh, and to spruce it up this coming season. So looking forward to creating new relationships and just trying to find the best quality seeds that we can because it makes all the difference when you're starting with quality seeds um, when you get growing. But right now, I'm going to do some quality commercials. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. I was just 17 when I made the AHL. I couldn't skate in junior, but my fist... Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening. And I'm going to go... Where am I going to go? I'm going to go to the text line real quick here. And seems like it's been a wet spring and summer and snow last week. Do you know how the local water tables are? Have they improved... I would assume they've been definitely improved this winter or this summer um, with the amount of moisture. Um, but in looking at the trees, I know when we're digging down into the ground, it's still quite dry. The guys were digging tree holes yesterday. And it was definitely a little bit wet up front, up top. But uh, once you get down into the water table, it's hard in, in Calgary too because we have the heavy clay. So the slow, deep water, we get so much of it runs off when we get those heavy snows or the heavy rains. Um, so it takes a bit, those slow, deep waterings. That's sort of why we want to talk about adding mulch and different things on your trees and shrubs. Because um, I know we, like we talk about planting trees and all the, the government, and then it's a big thing on the election. They're talking about planting 3 billion trees or 2 billion trees at a cost of 3 billion um, but I'm not sure where they're going to buy $1.50 trees from and plant them and all that in that budget. But uh, 
I'm sure uh, they got that all figured out. And uh, But it's also looking after it. As we've seen in Calgary, they've thrown a lot of money at trees and shrubs, but it's the watering and the care after. And again, after being in different cities, like is this in Chicago, they get winter. But man, they, they, they have the right infrastructure. They plan their plantings. They, they have the maintenance follow-up with the trees and shrubs that they're spending the money on. Um, I didn't see trees dying there. Like, in all, like, over top of train bridges, they have flowers planted everywhere, the parks, the meridians, properly spaced trees. Um, you've seen irrigation drippers to, to them. They put the infrastructure in was part of the program, which it maybe seems a little expensive up front, but just... It's better than planting the trees over and over and over and having them die and they look bad. That brings in diseases and pests. So again, it's ensuring that um, the trees are watered properly and when, and, and the water tables. Um, that is part of it is when we're, we're trying to create that uh, specific growing condition for our trees and shrubs. So um, so I, I believe they have improved. I would hope. I'm sure they must have with the amount of moisture we've had. Um, I haven't done any testing on that, but uh, I'll follow up on that. I'll ask the guys this week and sort of what they've seen and what they've done. And uh, I know it's uh, it's still a little bit dry down deep. But right now I'm going to go to Mel. Good morning, Mel. Good morning. How are you this morning? Good, good. How can I help you? I got two old 40-year-old flowering crab trees. This okay. year they didn't even have any fruit. Now, in the spring I get them, give them 30-10-10, and they've got water all summer long from okay. my rain barrel. So. Um, I would maybe switch up your fertilizer. You're doing something a little bit more of you got a lot of top growth on that with the 30, 10, 10, that's more of a, a nitrogen base. So it's going to create a lot more foliage right? and very little flowers. Um, okay. so you want to switch to a 15, 30, 15, you want a higher middle number. Oh, for the roots? Yeah. Roots and flowers. Okay. I got one of them is really just really sparse really looks rough yeah because a lot of it is you're just you got to build up the root more right because it's got to be able to sustain that um foliage that it gets up top okay so again switching to the 15 30 15 you'll definitely see an improvement because you're going to start with the root get a nice healthy root system and then that's going to ensure that you're going to have a nicey healthy sustainable foliage canopy up top can i apply that this fall yeah, actually, right now you can definitely do that. You could uh, give it a good shot. Most of it is it's all downloading now, so you can have it in there for next spring. And then again, once you like, give it a week or two, once you start seeing the leaves budding out, um, give it another shot of fifteen thirty fifteen at that time, and sort of every couple of weeks, right up and through July, just to build it back up. And uh, if you if we feed our trees and shrubs, we'll see a big difference in just the health, and you won't get the pest, you won't get the bugs, you won't get the desiccation. So. Thank you very much, bro. All right. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And, uh, yeah, it's it's important and to do that with your... You're spending the money on your trees and shrubs. You want to ensure that you're looking after them properly. And here I got one. Good morning. Do you know what could cause the leaves of my grapevines to curl up? We can't see any bugs. They just looked like this. Yeah, that's... It, it, that, to me... It looks like this inconsistent watering, or you might even have a fungus in there um, in your grape leaves. Like when it curls up like that, um, I would I would say it's just a little bit more of, of lack of water. I'd do some slower, deep watering in there and ensure that it's getting down. But that looks like, like it's just curling up. I'm just trying to see. Um, 
I would also just treat it with a with a fungicide. You could use the Bordeaux, the copper spray. Do a really good cleanup of that when it freezes up this year. Um, clean all the leaves up really good. And again, next spring, feed it with 15, 30, 15. Even put a little bit of mulch over top of that, and uh, that'll help with the consistent watering. But it looks like there's a bit of a fungus going on in your leaves. Um, from a, So what it looks like, the leaves are cupping up. Um, so... Hopefully that helps with you. And right now I got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And I got a text here. Good morning. I'm thinking about moving some gladiolas, plants, bulbs. Wondering if this should be done now before the ground freezes or wait until spring thaw. Um, Gladiolas and that are annual bulbs. So you need to pull them up um, right after they probably had the first freeze here um, and let them dry in a cool, dark place and then store them in a... uh, Actually, let them dry out in the sun this week and then let them, uh, when you go to store them, put them into a cardboard box or something dry and with peat moss, coca moss, or our hemp product, and then store them in a cool, dark place for the winter. And then you can plant them. I like to start them inside. You can start them inside about April and uh, put four of them into like a six or an eight-inch pot and and let them grow like that. As far as your other bulb, or depending on what type of bulbs or plants they are, um, I, I'd prefer just to wait till spring if you know what they are. Um, if you have a spot where they are, mark them with a flag or something this fall, so that way you know where to dig next spring and uh, and where you want to plant them. Sort of make some notes now, so you know <clears throat> to what direction you're going to go next spring. Um, but if they're all like if they're dahlia bulbs, things like that, that's all. Um, annual bulb, all annual bulbs that need to be pulled up, but right now is a great time to plant. And if you got tulips, daffodils, um, there's lots of great bulbs, grape hyacinths and crocuses and all that. Those are the ones that you're planting. Fall bulbs to get spring blooms. And right now I'm going to go to John. Here's a lilac. Good morning, John. Yes, Merle. I got an <clears throat> older high uh, lilac that's uh, it's encroaching on my roof and my eaves troughs and my neighbor's property. Yeah. Can I uh, turn that up this this time of year? Yeah, is it a tree or is it like a big, big shrub? No, it's a tree. Okay. Um, is it the one like with one single trunk up? No, there's many. Okay. Yeah, so that that is just like it's a regular, like a purple lilac? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it's but the tens is it's going to grow back up to to that height again fairly quickly. Yeah, um, I, yeah I've trimmed it in the, in the past, but always in the in the spring. Yeah, no, right now you can do it. You won't get the blooms though. So if you depends how much you cut off. So is it overall? Is it really healthy looking? Like no. Oh yeah, dead? it's uh, it's about thirty years old, and you can't can't seem to kill it doing anything to it. Okay. Yeah, if you if you do trim it off now, um, you'll get blooms lower on your lower branches, which should be fine. Um, so it depends how much you want to take off. Are you just thinking like a couple feet or? Uh, that's what I wasn't sure of. I've ta- in the past I've taken it down to fence high, which is five or six feet. Yeah, and what you want to do 
um, at that point, John, look at where you did those previous cuts. Yeah. If it looks really old and gnarled and stuff like that, because you can only do that so many times, it might be due for a rejuvenation where you could even just take it right down to the ground, and but you'd be amazed at how fast that thing, you'll have six, seven feet of growth probably the first oh, year. Oh, I know. It suckers like crazy. Yeah. So sometimes it's easier to do that or just take it down just below where you did it before and let it go from there if the wood all looks nice and healthy. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really tons of leaves on it. Yep. No, and so, lots of lilacs. Yeah, so just, again, or you can just keep it pruned, like, if you know, like, a foot below where, where the threshold is, just cut it, just keep it keep it at that same height all the time, like, sort of use a hedge trimmer. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you can do that as well. All right, I appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. Yep, thanks for calling. And where are we at? We got a few texts here going. And here we are. Hi, my son. Pine. My son's pine tree from kindergarten is about 18 feet tall. Last year it was dying at the top. Your people told me it was some type of worm, and to cut it out about four inch below the dead branch. I did that and sprayed it with copper spray. <laughs> your, your pruner came out last fall. Were to do our trees and to cut the pine so to get a proper leader. But I don't even. It even looked at it. Now I have the same thing. Yeah, what happens on a side branch? You shouldn't be getting the weevil on a side branch. If you could just send me a picture of this, <coughs> if you could text it to the same, um, all right. Oh, it says text back. I'm at, out of the car. Okay, I will just uh, I'll I'll text you back and see if we can have another look at that. It might be worthwhile having uh, Mark come by and give you a shout and have a look at it and uh, see what we can do for you. But right now, I'm going to go to Dallas. Good morning, Dallas. Morning. How you doing? Good. Good. How can I help you? Uh, so I was just curious. I have a like a, a pine tree. Yeah. And I took some of the seeds out of one of the pine cones. Yeah. And I was curious if there's any way to get those to grow because it's such a really nice tree. Um. Yeah. No. You can. You can. Uh, um. I would just store them in a like real cool dark place here for the winter time, and then early spring, you could put them into a pot and try and germ- germinate them that way. Um. Okay into a pot but right now I wouldn't try to do it because then you're going to go through the winter and then if they if it does get up and going sort of four or five inches and then you can just plant it into the ground and uh and go from there okay I heard you have to freeze the seeds first too is that kind yeah of they need to go for, through a vernalization um and so that it's a bit of a process right so you can do that in a in a fridge um, you can even put that in the freezer in the fridge um throughout the like over the winter time for a couple weeks and and do it that way because a lot of times they just they spread really because you'll see in like when a tree drops a whole bunch of pine cones you'll see little baby spruce under under it if it's in stressed out that's typically when they send more pine cones out um yeah so let me do a little bit um a little bit more research on that because they do need that vernalization stage um but the main thing is keeping it cool dark and then they they need to do that really cool period before they plant so maybe in in february march um put them in uh in a in a fridge or a freezer for like 2 or 3 weeks and uh, and then pull them up and then try planting them at that time try some how many seeds do you have uh, probably about 20. Yeah, 30. so try five or six with without doing the vernalizing and then and then freeze the other ones and sort of try both ways, and then you, you'll be able to um, experiment a little bit. Okay. Yeah, All right. that's all great. All right. Thanks, Dallas. <laughs> Bye-bye.
And uh, what I'll do is I'll see if Vaughn uh, Peoples, um, one of our growers, um, is available to maybe come on and chat with me about that kind of thing. I know they do a lot of seed collecting and uh, and things like that. And so I'll see if uh, he's willing to come on and share some of his expertise on that with us here on Let's Talk Gardening. I'll chat with him and uh, we'll see what if he will share his knowledge because over the winter we always look for some different uh, topics to talk with and uh, we'll go from there. Right now we're going to go to Myrna. Hi, Myrna. Hi, good morning, Merle. How are you doing? Pretty good. What's happening? I, you know, I didn't get a chance to pull all my my bulbs, like my dahlias and That's, my and my canna lilies. You should be okay because I know we had that heavy frost. Yeah. But you should still be fine. To harvest them and put them away like I used to do? Yep, absolutely. As long as they're not mush, like in the ground, because they wouldn't have froze solid in the ground. Yeah, they are in the ground. Yeah, so just pull them up. Yeah, I haven't even tried it because I'm too scared that I lost them all. Yeah, no, you'll be fine. Okay, that's good then. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Merle. Yeah, just dig them up. Uh, knock a bunch of the soil off, leave them out in the sun, let them dry for yeah. a few days. Tuesday, you might have to bring them inside because um, you don't want to get them wet. But just put them outside during the sun, during the day, and yeah. uh, and let them dry. And then just store them into a cardboard box with the, with the either peat moss or cocoa moss, something like that, in a cool, dark place, and then you're good to go. Okay, thank you very much. All right. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. And... Where are we at for time? We got a little bit of time. We're going to go to Brian. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. How are you doing, sir? Very good, thanks. Yourself? How, pretty good. How can I help you? Well, I got a weeping birch. Mm-hmm. And it's old. I've been fighting leaf miners for probably fifteen years and never won. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a battle here, and one product that the that the birch do really like is the Rage Plus, and they do like the slow deep watering around the drip line. Um, that's the biggest cause to the birches um, is some of the desiccation, and also it just they send off those serotones where the where the bugs know that they're weak weaker, and then they get attacked more. So do a really good cleanup this fall, Brian. And uh, and just do some. Make sure you do some slow deep watering. We also do do the birch um, leaf miner injections, so you can get in touch with our prune it up guys, and you can book that for the spring, and they'll come in and we'll inject it um, with the with the proper insecticide early in the spring to relieve you of the issues of the birch leaf miner. Okay. Yeah, I painted the trunk with yeah uh, malathion. I can't remember. And then I quit, and then I just went with um, putting the sticky tape around the outside, trying to catch the bugs. But yeah, it, it's a really tough one, especially on a big birch, and and you need a systemic. They used to have the product called Saigon or Latox. Yeah, okay. um, but they've taken that off the market. But the main thing is trying to get your tree healthy, and then really the only way to do it is we we inject it with the trays on the birch leaf miner injection um, pesticide. Um, it works great. Usually, you get a two-year residual on it, so you have to do it every couple of years. Um, and the, but it makes a big difference. Okay. All um, right. I'll have to try that then. <laughs> yeah. No, that's really the only thing. Unfortunately, 
Um, and like I said, make sure you do a really good fall cleanup on all your leaves, your birch leaves, and dispose of them. Don't just leave them in the yard, like get rid of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And anybody else with their birch tree with that as well. It's just, um, it's really unfortunate. And just, it, it, it's a, like all, most birches in Calgary are suffering from the same thing. So it's, it's really unfortunate. So. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Bye-bye. All right, and right now I'm going to go to Sylvia. Good morning, Sylvia. Oh, good morning, Moyle. Uh, yes, I phoned you last week about my mandevilla plant. Yeah. I repotted it and brought it in the house, and it has a lot of uh, new flower buds coming on it. And I was just wondering, um, should I still keep fertilizing it now? Um. Yeah. Are you going to bring? You brought it inside. Yes, it's in the house. Yep. Just make sure you check for spider mites and any yeah. uh, powdery mildew or anything on that. But your mandevilla will make a great house plant for the winter as well. Yeah, it'll keep flowering all winter, will it? Yeah, keep it in a, in a, in a nice sunny spot. And as long as you continue to feed it, um, feed it with the 15-30-15 and you'll be good to go. Okay, and how, how often? Every two weeks or something and like once that? Once a month is, is probably good on that. Um, yeah, every two weeks, sort of, like, you can go three-quarter strength or something. Oh, just, okay. Yeah, and, but so this, about once a month, then yeah, would be good. Absolutely. Okay, then. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Yeah, and I've seen lots of gorgeous um, Mandevilla used in Chicago. Um, and they had this really, really nice one. We're, um, Zoe and I were talking about we're going to try and get some of our growers to see if we can get this other type of flowering cabbage. It was almost like a silver gray. It, it looked um, really, really nice in, in the planters. You could put it in the summertime, and then it would just carry on. You could pull out some of your summer flowers and add some um, of your uh, of your mums, your fall mums, and that. And it looks like we're going to have a bit of a season, so if you want to hit your local garden center, you can find some uh, nice fall mums to still put outside and, uh, and get some fall color for the rest of October through Thanksgiving and all that, and uh, enjoy that type of season, and you're good to go. But right now, if you'd like to join me after the break, um, I do have Chris from the tree lot. We're going to see what's what hot in the tree lot after the break. But if you'd like to join me, the 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. We are brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center, Calgary's trusted garden center inside and out. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And one of the people that have you covered is Chris. And we're going to do what's hot in the tree lot this morning. Hey, Chris, how are you? Hey, good morning, Merle. Good, how are you? Good, good. How was Chicago? It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful city, lots of trees and shrubs, very inspiring. No um, snow there yet? No, no snow. It was still gorgeous. Still <laughs> well, gorgeous. Nice. Never yeah. Been. yeah. Yeah. No, it's worth worth a trip. Good. Um so what's uh what's going on down there in the tree lot today? So how's it uh there's still some leaves on the on the trees and things like that? Yeah, there's uh after our nice little winter storm we had there, uh trees have all bounced back. They uh certainly at this point of time in the year you're not <clears throat> excuse me, really buying for what the leaves look like you're buying the rootstock which is the most important part of your plant anyway so yeah. no and then this the 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 leaf or the branch structures and things like that, right. which is kind of yeah. nice because <clears throat> i know a lot of nurseries really like me to come look and i've mentioned this before when that it's in its full glory in the summer i prefer to go 
a lot of times to look at trees and shrubs when they've lost some of their leaves. You can see a lot more of the structure. You can sort of see what pruning's been done and the health of the tree from the bark. Yeah, so. yeah way easier to pick a tree now with no leaves than it is when they, like you say, when they're all leafed out. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So what what do you have? A, you have a still pretty good selection? I've been gone all week, so yeah, how, how's it looking? Yeah. Pretty good. We're moving down on our glads. They seem to be, uh, people seem to be appreciating how good they are for, for their yard space, but we still have, we still have some big 20 gallons left. So those are nice mature trees that you can plant yourself. Um, and you're, when you're saying glads, we're not talking gladiolas. No, sorry. Yeah. Glad. That's true lot talk. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> I, I've been talking a lot about glads today, so I, I figured I'd better clarify that. Yeah. Gladiator crabs. Yeah. The ones that are, are sterile purple. They kind of replace both the Schubert choke cherry, and you can also use them as privacy for smaller yards, tall and thin. Tons of evergreens left, which all look great because, of course, they don't lose any any color in the fall. So we've got a lot of those for sale still. And, and it's yeah. it's good. In, it's good time to look in your yard if you don't have any winter color and you want to add some evergreen. Um, right now is a great time to look and say, "Hey, I could I have a spot for some some um, junipers around the edge, yeah. or an upright mountain pine, or something yeah, like bet. that." Yeah, it's always nice to have some winter interest for sure. Oh, absolutely! Because uh, if yeah. you look out, we unfortunately eight months of the year we do not have leaves. Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, and then of course, uh, yeah, lots of lilacs left still. Lots of hydrangeas. Um, still have quite a few calipers left too. If you're still looking, yeah. And it's still a great time to plant. It's uh, I know people think after it snowed that that's it, but uh, really the ground doesn't freeze well, for quite a while, and uh, so it's a great time when the plants are going to sleep. Anyways, you don't put them in too much stress. And yeah, I know a lot of people. This is when they prefer to plant, and it sort of yeah. used to be the rule of thumb. And uh, I think part of it was that most farmers now were just too busy for the most of the season, <laughs> and then they'd plant yeah. in the fall. But yeah. it is a great time to plant. Yeah, and, and, uh, and then you, then you get that surprise in the spring. Your tree and shrubs already there. It's already ready to go. It's not stressed by the spring planting, and yeah, so it's a nice surprise for the spring. Yeah, no. Hopefully, we can still. Do, I know we have a few landscape projects we're going to try and get planted up still, yeah. um, and some of the things that we can do. But yeah, it is a great time for for customers to. And you're looking. Plus, everything's uh, on sale. Oh. So. The sale is so great. I don't, not sure people understand it, but uh, you you get fifty percent off if you buy five or more. So if you come in and buy a three hundred dollar tree, and you buy four small little plants, that tree ends up being half price, and your four plants are free. So yeah. it's, uh, it's it it can really work out if you're looking to buy, um, you know, something bigger. And yeah, absolutely, no, it's a good it's way a to sale. save some money and fill in those empty spots. And yeah. Uh, and you probably have at least two or three more weeks to plant. So the one thing I would suggest is if we do get a little colder is to kind of dig your hole in advance and, and let the sun kind of warm up the hole in the soil and add your compost and then plant your tree so the, yeah. So Absolutely. Don't get thrown into freezing cold soil. But other than that, you can plant for quite a while still. So Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you, Chris. And uh, Chris is from down at Spruce It Up in the tree lot. Thank you. Come on down. See you later. Bye-bye. Yeah, go down and visit and see what's going on down there. And I have a quick question here on text I'm going to go to. Good morning. I need to repot a Boston fern that was outside all summer, grew tremendous amount, is in a 10-inch pot, and totally root-bound. What size of pot should it be in and what fertilizer? On that one, I would just use like a 20-20-20, and I would put it probably into a 14- to 16-inch pot. And then that way it'll just, it looks, looks gorgeous, looks nice and healthy. And they do make great outdoor plants um, for the summertime. 
Um, so don't be afraid to use things like that uh, and uh, and go from there. But just for um, transplanting to a larger pot, just use good potting soil and uh, and then you're good to go. And hopefully that should work out well. It looks like you have it in the right window, sort of a filtered light, not the direct, direct, direct sun, sun. And uh, you should be good to go. I'm going to have to go here for a break. And for the news, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. I got one quick text I'm going to read. My name is Shelley. I live in Calgary where there are many squirrels and rabbits. When is the best time to plant bulbs and how do we protect from the critters? Is there a spray? Yes, there's a great product called Bob X that you can spray um, your bulbs when you put them into the ground. Spray them first and lay them all out. Give them a good soaking with the Bob X and then just before planting. And right now is a great time to plant all your fall bulbs. And if a little extra protection, sometimes people will put a little bit of wire over them for the winter time. Depends how bad of a um, um, critter infestation you have. You can also spray, spray the soil around it as well. Um, there's another product called Plant Skid. It is a blood-based product that you can use as well. And we'll go from there. I'm going to go to Richard. Good morning, Richard. Richard. Hi, morning. Richard. Hi there. How hey, are you? Good. How you doing? Well, the snow's gone anyway. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> How can I help you? Well, my situation. My neighbor has a weeping birch tree. Yep. And uh, this fall, in the last week, well, it's old. It's like it's 40 feet high. Yeah. And it has got, not thousands, Millions and millions and millions of seeds fell off it this year. Yeah, and what happens, and I've seen a bit of that on a couple of the Facebook gardening um, forums and things like that. When a tree is in stress, um, they will send out way more seeds because it thinks, hey, I'm dying, i got to reproduce, so it'll push out way more seed pods. Um, so that is part of the issue. So really what I'd recommend again, is this that slow, deep watering around it? I'd maybe have a, an arborist like ours come out and just assess it. Um, yeah. But the slow, deep watering and then Rage Plus, like birch trees love Rage Plus. Like they, oh, so yeah. on a big tree like that, um, I would probably dump like 10, five gallon pails sort of all the way around the drip line. And I would just do that next spring, but early spring, just before it leaves out, give it a good shot. But right now I'd make sure I'd put the hose on it sort of once a week for five, six hours. Just let it soak in really slowly. Right. So it's in stress now. Yeah. I'm wondering because like he desiccated his lawn last spring uh, with Roundup. Yeah, and rotisilled it up yeah. and seeded it, and yeah. then, <laughs> he didn't get a yeah. good catch. Yeah, when you when you chew up your grass like that, and you trip all the root system and the birch. Um, their root system isn't a very deep root no, system. No, it's shallow. Yeah. Because um, they like water, so they 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 keep their root systems up higher. And especially if you put Roundup in it, probably some of the residual got into the birch tree, unfortunately, and uh, that wouldn't definitely wouldn't help it as well. So oh, okay, so, so that's slow fine. deep watering and Rage Plus on it, um, and okay. that should hopefully help it get back into shape. So well, I'll mention it to him, but he's not much for a gardener. So. Yeah, no, it's you get what you put into it, right? Like, oh, yeah? if you don't, right. if you don't do anything for your trees and shrubs, they're not going to do anything for you. So, um, and that well, it, I'll it's, mention that to him. Tell him better pour the water to it this fall. Yeah, yeah. Maybe save it. Yeah, because absolutely. It's a beautiful tree. It's a beautiful tree. It's uh, 
I got a well, I got a birch across the way, but mine's a clump birch, and it's you know in distress. So I pour lots of water on it, but it's still. Yeah, in but the Rage Plus, for some reason, they love that seaweed-based product. Oh, okay. And okay. and it, they respond really well to it, so I, I would definitely oh. use that, and uh, and go from there. I'll go down and kiss it. Now, another quick question. I have two strawberry plants that I have in old, just pots, like, hey? Yeah. And their fair size pots are probably 12 inches around. Uh, they produce pretty well as far as strawberries, and I hate to just throw them away. How can I save them over the winter? Can you plant them into the ground? Do you have a spot oh, where yeah, you can I do? Can. Yeah, just take, just... take them out of the pot, though? Yeah, just take them out of the pot, plant them right in the ground. Um, do you want to leave them? Do you have a spot where you can leave them in the ground, or do you want to... Over. Over winter? Yeah, or even next summer, like a permanent spot. A permanent yeah, permanent spot. spot yeah, uh, we could probably figure something out. Yeah, we this, got a big this, yard. yeah, find a nice spot for them, and maybe add a few more next spring to the and create a little strawberry patch. They do love love that. So, yeah, these are stringing like they stream down to, to produce the berry. Like, yeah, the yeah. So they'll send stringers out, so they'll reproduce quite quickly in your in your garden for you. Just have to keep them contained. So, good. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks for the call, Richard. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. And I got a text. I have some perennials still in pots that I didn't get into the ground before the snow. Can I still plant them or should I put them in the garage? I would plant them. Um, definitely still a great time to plant any of your perennials, trees and shrubs. Get them into the ground where you want and uh, and you'll be totally fine. Just water them in well and you should be good to go. Good morning, Merle. My, me penny... My penny is turning a nice fall color. Should I cut it off to the ground? I mean, I think she means peony, I'm hoping. Um, or should I leave it till spring? I, I like to leave most of my um, perennials until spring. Let them just die back. Let all that foliage, all the energy goes back into the bulb. <coughs> and then feed any of your flowering perennials like that. <coughs> Oops, excuse me, um, a 153015 high middle number. Um, and and same thing for your lawn right now. It's it's a great time to do the last um, fall fertilizing with your green it up for the 163026. Um, get that into your root system so you, your lawn has that great vibrancy next spring. And go from there. Um, I'm almost right on the cusp of uh, time to do either... Um, a break or that and where am I at I think I'm good I'm caught up on the on the text it looks like so I'm just going to take a break Brian is that okay and then we'll uh, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR If there's a Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coons. If you'd like to join me on the text line, um, phone line's almost full right now, but the text you are more than welcome to send, 403-974-8255. You can include pictures in there and uh, be very happy to help you out on all that. And I'm going to go down to Marianne. Good morning, Marianne. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Oh, good. Long-time listener. Love your show. First time caller. Thank you so much. So, uh, you're welcome. Um, I live out by Langdon. Okay. And we have, I don't know, somebody. some people call them voles. Yeah, voles or moles. Yeah. Are you getting piles of dirt or are you getting sort of more tunnels in the grass? Tunnels in the grass. Okay, that's more of just, it's a field mouse type thing. It's just, okay. it's more of a mouse. Then the the so, voles or moles are actually in the ground. You get the little piles of dirt. 
Okay, so what ended up happening, and it ends up happening every year, but it seems to be getting worse. Um, every winter, it snows. They make tunnels under the snow. You don't see it until the springtime, and it looks horrendous. Our grass looks horrible. Yeah. So, of course, last week with the snow, now that it's melted, they're back. And I'm not really sure what to do. So when, when your grass is, when if it's dry enough, I would I'd go through and mow it down a little bit shorter than normal. Okay. And uh, unfortunately, there's a couple things you do. You can use uh, like little bait traps for the mice. Okay. Or there's a product called Plant Skid that you I know, but you're, if you're on an acreage, right? Or yeah. yeah. So you can spray around the perimeter, and it'll sort of help deter them from coming. But the bigger thing is is cut your grass a little bit lower, and then also I'm not sure if you're using our lawn fertilizer. It just makes the recovery a lot quicker. So if you're feeding your your grass like with a regular box store for like the Scots or or the CIL Golf Green or whatever or the Scots um, Turf Builder, right. it's all nitrogen, okay. right? So there's nothing for the roots. So okay. if you're using our fertilizer, it's sixteen thirty two six. So it has a really good um, fertilizer for the for the roots. So any of those root damage things that mice and that. Um, it just recovers way quicker and you don't even really notice it. So first thing in the spring, um, if you're feeding it with the 1632, it recovers way quicker because you're feeding the roots and it's not okay. just upgrowth. So, but one of the biggest things is cut your grass shorter because then it doesn't give them all that little stuff that they use for their nest and they love hiding through that little, uh, I call it like a little parkade sort of thing, <laughs> underground parkade that they love to right. just tunnel through. So. Okay. All right. Well, I'll give that a try and see how that works. So. Yeah. Uh, that's it, it's a tough one, especially if you're in an, an acreage thing. You can put some like some poison out around the perimeter, um, but just make sure. I like to use the stuff that make sure it's only the one kill, so that way birds okay. or anything it, it just dehydrates the mice. And uh, right. when you have an issue like that, but if you can do it naturally by keeping the grass lower and uh, switching lawn fertilizers, I think it'll make a big difference. Okay, well, thank you very much, and love your show. Thank you, thank so, you much. so much. Thank you. All bye right. bye. Take care. Bye bye. Awesome. Yeah, that's it's a, it's a tough one. Like I said, it's uh, it's one of those ones that uh, we all get. But if you if you do cut your grass a little bit lower, go down to about the inch and a half. Um, you're not creating the environment that they like as much. They'll stick in the, tar- the taller grass for you. Let's go to Deanna. Hi, Deanna. Hi there. How are you? Good. Good. How can I help you? Uh, I bought a rain barrel from the city of Calgary. It's a white one. Yep. And we drained it, but you can see inside it looks like there's mold or fungus or something all inside of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether we should try to get rid of that, how you uh, get rid absolutely. of it. Whether- yeah, what you do, yeah, you really, if you can try and pressure wash inside sort of thing, um, okay. or if you're able to reach inside, give it a good scrub. And, you, uh, I don't know how to get the lid off of it, really. Like okay, yeah, I'm not too sure what type. If they do, the, does it look like the lid can come off the top part? Or I've never tried actually, but yeah. So you might have to get uh, like a like a bigger toilet bowl brush on a stick. If okay. you If you can't get it in there, and then just scrub the inside, and if you can turn it over a couple times. Um, you can even just rinse it out with bleach as well and okay. just give it a good scrubbing. But make sure you rinse it two or three times after you do that and then okay. have it ready for next and if, um, for next spring when you start collecting the rain again. Okay. I had another question. Sure. I have some lavender in pots. Yeah. Um, you want to bring it inside? Well, I'm just not sure what to do with them because usually they die over the winter. <laughs> 
Yeah, if you want it, you can bring them inside. Do, is it, do you know if it's the hardy variety of lavender that you can plant here, or is it one that you mm-hmm. sort of bought from the grocery store or whatever? <laughs> I think I bought it at Canadian Tire, yeah, actually, yeah. or something. But. Yeah, which is fine. And just so just bring it inside and uh, enjoy it if it hasn't frozen yet. Um, maybe transplant it and you might need to cut it back because they kind of go through periods where they'll die back a little bit. Okay. Um, but just, just transplant it. And uh, if it's in the original pot, transplant it into a new pot and okay. put it into a nice sunny spot. Feed it with 15, 30, 15, and uh, you should have a nice plant throughout the winter. Great. Thanks. Love your show. All right. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right. And where are we going to go? Oh, we're going to go to Dale. We're going to see about this. Good morning, Dale. Um, Hello. Uh, Thank you. Uh, You got a great show. Thank you. How can I help you? Every time I think about a a hockey theme, I think of Stomping Tom Connors and the good old hockey game. Yeah, no. I I, I think Brian probably has that one lined up. (laughs) Uh, I just had a question about corn. Yes. Ontario grows a lot of peaches and cream. Yep. Um, can you grow Tabor corn in Calgary? Yeah, and Tabor corn is just the region that it's grown. Like they grow the peaches and cream, they grow the varieties here. We just call it Tabor corn because it's from that region. It's not necessarily a variety of corn. Um, so you can, but we just don't have the our nights cool off a little bit, it, it, and people struggle growing corn. Like if you have it in a really nice warm spot. Get it in early enough, and if all the all the moons and the stars align with the weather, we'll get some corn. I know I put it in our garden at Global, and I got good husks, but I, it never came to fruition. Do the satellites have to be in line, too? Yeah, no, pretty much everything going if we're going to try and grow corn here. That's why you don't see a lot of people growing corn. Um, they grow some of the feeder corn, like for the corn mazes and stuff like that. But no one's trying. No one can grow the like the sweet corn on a proper production in our area. Um, you have to go, like I said, that little bit east to Tabor, where you're getting the the good soil condition, a little warmer nights. Um, we get our, we get that cool air off the mountains, so it's a little bit tougher to grow some of those things here. I don't see the trucks around anymore. Well, this year they they got decimated with a hailstorm. Like, they almost wiped out the whole crop of hail this, or uh, of Tabor corn this year. Oh. Yeah, so unfortunately, yeah, that big hailstorm went through there, and it was just before harvest. It was really unfortunate timing. It went through around sort of mid-August or whatever, beginning of August. I can't remember which one it was, but it, it wiped out all of the Tabor corn this year. So there was very little available. I think some of the people that just got happened to salvage what they could and I know they were bringing in some corn from other areas, um, some Chilliwack corn and a few other places. So, Oh, well, thank you very much. Yeah, no, that was, I, I, I agree. I sort of missed uh, a lot of the Tabor corn. There was very little available this year. So, Okay, thank you. Thanks, Dale. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. We're on the air. It's hockey night tonight. Tension grows. The whistle. Welcome back to uh, Let's Talk Earning. That is the classic. I was thinking uh, Brian was going to do our finale with that. And uh, sure enough, all right now I'm going to go to the phone line, chat with Mike. Good morning, Mike. Hi, good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? 
good. Yeah, I noticed uh, just the city they planted about 58 trees just from Canyon, just on uh, Canyon Meadows Drive <laughs> between McLeod Trail and Bow Bottom Trail. Yeah, that's death. I, I call that death row that they they like, they love planting trees there and then not watering them. So if those trees uh, so, get sentenced to that spot, it's death row for them. So that was going to be my next question: Why they're because I think all I count is about maybe six. Yeah. Six or seven that are pretty much loud. The rest are all dead. I'm just like, yeah. I was wondering why. So that's because of the watering. They don't yeah. water them. Yeah, no, and they put them in the middle. They're trying to grow, and they plant them too close together in a six or eight foot tree bed and uh, in the middle of two roads. So it's not ideal growing conditions for nice big elm trees. No, um, so yeah, it just looks terrible in the it's summer. Unfor- it, it is, and it's just a, it's a 100% waste of money. Like it's a hundred, it does nothing for, it's worse on our carbon. It does everything. It brings in more disease and bugs. It's, it's really, really unfortunate that they do it. But yeah, I call that death row. There's one in Sundance too, around the main road in Sundance on Sun Mills. Um, That's it. There's a couple of death rows. So the trees just, if they're heading there, they know they're really on death row. It's like being heading to, uh. To death row in jail, so it is right because they we spend and it's all our money and and all they need to do is have a proper plan and put in the proper infrastructure. They waste enough money on other stuff. They could at least put it in the proper infrastructure for the trees and shrubs, or just don't waste the money planting them in in meridians and things like that where they're just not going to grow like no i, I remember they did, they did all the construction for this and they, of course they block off lanes and it, was, it looked pretty with put them in but now i thought when maybe they thought the city would have learned from their past mistakes oh but no <laughs> no they're worried about the budget right because they have so much budget they got to use up here and if they don't use the budget up they don't get the money next year so they race in and get it done without a whole lot of thought so oh dude Okay, well, thank you then. That's too bad. It's a simple solution. It, no, it is. And this proper spacing, like plant half as many trees, and I'd rather have half as many healthy than 100 unhealthy trees. I'd rather have 50 healthy ones because it's way better for this whole carbon thing we're all talking about, our environment, climate control. Like unhealthy trees do not help. Like it, 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 it's just, it's crazy. And too. <laughs> oh, I, I, honestly, like I just came back from Chicago and you want to see a beautiful tree canopy over a city and there's 4 million people with carbon and all this and skyscrapers, but they, they have proper infrastructure. They water the trees. Um, they, they have the proper maintenance program and, and they have everybody buying in the city, the plants, the the residents there buy in, and and when you see success, people will continue to help out as well. But if it all looks dead, like Calgary has one of the worst tree canopies in North America. Oh, I see that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I, let's call okay. our call our politicians, call the city guys, and I will, uh, definitely. Yep. Yeah, no, that's all we can do on that one. So okay. Well, thank you then. Thanks, Mike. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Uh, poor death row trees. All right, let's go to Gail. Good morning, Gail. Morning, Merle. Uh, I have a beautiful uh, blue spruce yep. that's about four and a half to five feet. It uh, started from seed because our neighbor has this oh, nice. huge blue spruce at the back. Yep. I hate to just cut it down, but I don't want it. And I don't know what to do with it other than maybe just hack it and get rid of it. Um, Unless somebody thinks they could dig You it could put it on Kijiji. Uh, maybe and see if someone will come dig it out. I don't know. That's I've never possible. thought of that. Yeah, I don't know if you do any of that kind of stuff. You could give that a try. 
Uh-huh. A lot of people are looking for for something like that. It really depends on on the look of it and if it's worth the the effort, well, right? Well, it is. A, it's a lovely tree. It's growing in a, amongst my raspberries along the back fence. Yep. And uh, we, you know, you we water the raspberries. It gets watered well, and it's really in good, good health. Contact and the Calgary Horts. Yeah, chop it down. Contact the Calgary Horts Society. They might be able to put you in. In if they have a chat thing on their on their Facebook pages and stuff, they might be able to find you a nice owner for that. Okay. Thanks very much. All right. Thanks, Gail. Bye. Bye. All right. I'll try and squeeze in one more here with Dennis. Good morning, Dennis. Oh, yes. Yeah, so hi, Merle. Uh, um, yeah, so I was wondering, I've got um, uh, some towering poplars along the side of my house and then so- sidewalk blocks. And they've been, it's been since the mid-90s, actually, that it's been there. But these last couple of years, those blocks are lifting and heaving from all the tree roots. Yeah. Uh, how can we uh, deal with those and... Can you just cut them, you know, like where the sidewalk blocks are to reset them? Yeah. Can you just go down and cut all the roots? Or? It's somewhat, yeah, yep. you almost need to relay it higher. So go through, pull all the sidewalk blocks up, maybe cut some of those roots out, the top ones, because there's going to be lots there with those poplars. Yeah. And and then just put a whole new base for your sidewalk blocks, maybe build like six inches up. And then... Uh, it, it won't match up, though, with anything, with the lawn or the fence. There's a fence there as well yeah. and a gate. It's a it's a tough one though, right? Like it's either yeah. take them out that sort of idea, sort of create them higher, and then maybe slope some bark mulch or something on the other side of the sawbuck blocks to the fence or to the to the lawn, and put bark mulch around your trees. Um, okay. It's yeah. it's a it's a tough one to try and deal with. So yeah, like, like would something like a stump grinder be able to just or or would that <clears throat> really damage those trees. Yeah, well, you could use a trencher, like a like <clears throat> there is a trencher machine you can rent and just go yeah. and just cut a straight line all the way along. Yeah, and and that that, yeah. would, that would work and then clean everything out. And... Yeah. All right. Oh, Sorry, okay. I got to go, Dennis. I'm sure. and then in my time here. Thanks. Sure. Okay. Thanks. All right. Bye bye. And Helen and Fred, if you want to wait online, I will definitely answer your your uh, calls offline. But thanks again for joining me on another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy. CHQR.